Will my custodian offer every mutual fund that I might want to use with my clients? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number 19. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. Uh, on today's question, we're gonna talk about, okay, if I were to make that transition, would I be able to use every mutual fund that I want to use with my clients? Basically, does my custodian offer every mutual fund that I might want to use with my clients? And so a, a couple things I wanna go through on today's video to discuss that. Uh, so the first thing is just a, a recap of that, that RIA custodian relationship. So talked talks about uh, this in, in a couple different ways on prior videos. Uh, but the idea is if you were to go start your own RIA, transition to that model, uh, you will have your RIA. However, you will need a custodian to actually custody, and as they say, custody and clear, uh, the clear in this, the doing the trades, uh, of your client's assets. So you're the RIA, you rely on a custodian to, to hold those client's assets and to facilitate those trades. And so you do have that relationship. So now what that means is, if, if you use one custodian, and, and I'll do uh, some videos on this, you can actually use multiple custodians as well, but, but regardless whether it's one or two or three, you, are, you can only basically offer what that custodian has available on their platform. And so today's question is, okay, what can I expect if I were to transition into this and I, and I use mutual funds now and or I, I plan on using them in the future, what can I expect my custodian to, to make available to me to be able to offer with my clients? And will I have any you know, problems with, with mutual funds uh, in, in that regard? And so the, 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 the short answer is every major custodian offers thousands of mutual funds, makes it available for you to use. So right out of the gate, the good news is call it you know, ballpark 95% of the time, whatever you're currently using is, is probably not gonna be an issue. So if you're, you have it available to you, whatever your current firm is, if you were to transition, choose a custodian, I'd venture to say out of the gate, call it 90, 95% of the time, it's, they're already gonna have that available and it's, and it's not gonna be an issue. And sometimes it's even 100% of the time. And I'm gonna give you some examples of where where you might have to start being concerned about, about maybe falling outside of that kind of for sure situation. Um, but the, the, the thing to keep in mind is you, you, you might think, well, come on, a, a large custodian, why don't they just have every mutual fund out there and just make it simple for, for the RAs that use them for, for custodial services? And, and, a, and a couple of things to that. The, the first is keep in mind, it's, there's kind of three prongs of what has to be available. Uh, first, they have to be working with the actual fund family for starters that you want to utilize. Then within that, they also have to make available the specific mutual fund within that fund family that you want to use. And then within that, they have to make sure that the various share classes that that fund has, uh, that the, the share class you want to use or have been using is available. And, and it, there, there used to be a time, right, that share classes, you know, 15 plus years ago was literally A, B, and C, and it was relatively simple. 
now some mutual funds have a dozen or more different share classes. So it's, it's not as black and white that, oh, the, oh, the custodian would have every share class possible. And, and so hence, whatever I'm using now, they will surely have. So again, three kind of steps that all have to line up just, just for starters. They, that custodian has to have a, a relationship with the fund family, the specific fund you want to use, and then the specific share class of that fund that you want to use. And so that, that's where it begins. Again, it starts to get a, a little more tricky here than just a simple answer of, yes, this, this won't be an issue for you. Um, and, and then you, you might say to yourself, okay, I, I get all that, but, but come on, why doesn't the custodian just take the time and take the effort and, and get, get a relationship so, so you can use all of the fund families and all of the mutual funds and all of the share classes? Um, and, and, and the route is because that's, that's, there's, there's some challenges to that. So I want to go through this real quick. Uh, so the first one is for a custodian to offer a particular mutual fund on their platform, they have to have a sell-in agreement, as they call it, with that mutual fund company. So, so for starters, there is a whole contractual arrangement that has to be entered into a sell-in agreement between the custodian and the RA. And th this is the same thing at your current firm. If you're at a, you know, a more traditional captive type uh, brokerage firm or wirehouse type firm, they, they have sell-in agreements as well with all of the mutual funds that they make available on their platform for you to use currently. Um, so that, that, that's a process. That's, that's not just some simple one-page boilerplate template that everyone uses and they sign off. You know, usually that's, that's a whole process that involves a legal review, sometimes uh, back and forth between the custodian and the mutual fund company that, oh, we don't like the, the verbiage in, in paragraph eight on, on page 12 and we want to change it. And then, then it gets sent over back to the mutual fund company. Then the mutual fund company has to have their lawyers look at it. So entering into a seller agreement is, is a pretty big undertaking. And, and so for that reason, custodians, you know, won't just do it with, with necessarily any opportunity that comes along because there, there are a lot of resources that have to go into to making sure this, this seller agreement properly gets put in place. And again, generally part of that is a, is a legal review, which again, adds time and cost to that whole process for, for all parties involved, both the mutual fund company and the custodian. Uh, and then on an ongoing basis, you know, the more of these selling agreements that a custodian has in place, you know, there's, there's the kind of responsibility on an ongoing basis to make sure that all the terms of the selling agreement are being met by both parties. And so, you know, while, while there's already thousands of these in place, every time you add one more, it is that much more responsibility, that much more complexity to make sure these, these agreements are being followed again on an, on an ongoing basis. Uh, and then the last thing on that is, you know, keep in mind, one of the ways uh, a, a custodian generates revenue is, is from these selling agreements. So, uh, and I'll have to do a whole different video because there's a whole lot of nuances to it, but, but how a custodian generates revenue, one of those ways is with that relationship with the mutual fund company, which, which generally referred to as revenue share. And that might be things like uh, omnibus fees for, for certain record keeping the custodian does on behalf of the mutual fund. Um, or education and marketing fees, as they call it, for kind of, you know, making the, making the fund available on the platform and maybe some promotion of that uh, out, out to advisors to make sure they're aware that it's available. Um, and, and so that adds a whole additional dynamic to it because not only is, okay, we need a selling agreement, not only do we have to make sure the legal part of it goes through, is, okay, what, what, is, what, if, what is going to be the economic arrangement? Sometimes there's not, and that, that creates a host of challenges. And then Within that, okay, we're going to have some sort of arrangement. Well, well how much is that going to be for? And, 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 and there, there can be a lot of back and forth on that as well. So that adds complexity to the whole issue of 
you know, why, why don't we just add every mutual fund onto the platform? So, so some, some challenges on there. And I just, it, it's just worth keeping in mind, you know, when, when we say, well, again, why, why isn't there just 100% of mutual funds available? Because there are challenges to getting mutual funds available on a platform. Now, but, but with that, like I said, custodians realize they need to have a very deep bench of, of mutual funds available for the RAs that are going to utilize them to, to be able to use with their clients. So, so they have done this legwork with, with thousands of mutual funds to be able to, to get them available for you using. So in most cases, you know, they, they are, whatever ones you're currently using are most likely, again, assuming you go with one of the, the bigger custodians are going to be available. Um, but a couple examples of where you might, you might pause a little on, okay, is this, is this almost by default going to be available to me of, of, of scenarios? So uh, a couple examples, if you either currently or desire to use a mutual fund from, a, as an example, a small uh, upstart mutual fund company, uh, either, the, either the mutual fund family as a whole, or for instance, if they launch a new particular fund and it's, it's new. So there's not, not really any track record to it. It hasn't been in existence a while. And then the assets perhaps are very small as well. A custodian is not necessarily going to run out the day a mutual fund company launches a new mutual fund to, to try to, Hey, let's make sure we get this on our platform. Because again, there's a lot of this work that goes into this. And, and unfortunately, sometimes some, some funds, you know, fail to launch, if, if you will, that they just, they never, while they technically go out there in the marketplace, that they just, they don't catch on and they never, they never get growth and never are able to scale. And, and, then, and then the fund family ends up kind of merging it into some other fund. And so a custodian doesn't necessarily want to jump that gun and do all that work for, for a mutual fund that might not even stay around all that long, to be honest. So if, if you want to use a new fund or a small fund, just know it's, it's potentially possible to work with your custodian to get a selling agreement if one does not already exist. Um, but that, that is a, a bit more of an uphill climb than, than just a traditional large fund that's been around forever. Um, then the next caveat is, Again, there's the, the three prongs. We talk about the fund family, the actual fund, and then the share class. And that, that last one is, is where it gets complicated nowadays because there are so many share classes. And so a, a custodian could have the large universe of fund families and within that could have the large universe of, of funds. But, but it is hard perhaps to maybe have as many of the share classes. And some of those share classes are not even meant to, you know, they're, they're specific only for 401k plan. So it's a custodian couldn't necessarily have every share class, even if they wanted to, it's just not applicable. Um, but as these share classes expand and expand and expand and, and become, you know, high, higher in number, that that's where it gets a little trickier that, okay, currently you are using this fund family and this fund and, and the, this share class, that's that particular share class may or may not be within the custodian selling agreement. So that's, that adds a little little challenge as well, just the, the you know the the increase in the number of share classes that are out there, uh, and then the last uh, kind of challenging thing, and, and thankfully we're seeing less and less of this, but is if you're at a firm now and they offer some sort of proprietary in-house mutual fund, and uh, perhaps they they uh, they attempt to position it as oh this is for your benefit that we only make it available to our advisors that are with us on our on our platform and, and, and you know, this, you see less and less of this nowadays, but it, it still exists to some degree. And so 
The challenge is while you know, maybe there are some benefits to you currently that you have access to this particular mutual fund that's only available to, to client or advisors and hence clients of, of this brokerage firm, the, the challenge with that is more than likely, almost guaranteed if that's how they're positioning it, that, that no other firm or no other custodian will have a selling agreement for that fund. So if you have clients in that proprietary fund that's not meant to go anywhere else, you, you probably will have a problem that your custodian will not have a selling agreement for that fund. And then that, that of course creates its own challenges of how do you maybe move clients out of that fund into something else instead. So the, the point of that is just to know that the, the large bulk of, of whatever you might be currently using is probably available already on a, on a custodial platform. Um, but, but there are potentially some instances where it could be a challenge. So the, the typical process in this is, and, and this is something I, I, I coach advisors on and, and walk them through these steps is as you're, if you, if you decide, yes, the RA model is, is what I want to pursue here. And then you're working with custodians, which again, I, I help advisors understand how they're different and one, why one might be better for their particular situation than another. But a typical step in that process, no matter what path you go on is to, is ahead of time, right, is to go to that custodian and say, here's the exact mutual funds and share classes I use currently, do you have them available? And, they'll, and that's a pretty routine thing for any custodian. They'll do a scrub and come back and say, yes, we have them or no, we don't. And, and in some instances, they might even come back and say, oh, we don't have the particular share class you asked about, but it turns out we actually have a share class that's even less expensive to the client uh, and so, you know, no, you and the client aren't going to have any problem just changing into that share class. And so that, that actually can be a, a, a positive, you know, that maybe the share classes don't match up perfectly. But, but that is something you will just want to do just to know. So you go in with eyes wide open exactly, okay, what do I have now? Is there going to be any challenges with me just continuing on on that path on a going forward basis? Um, so with that, like I said, not, not a giant thing to be worried about because the, the, the mutual fund universe is generally covered, but, but it is important to be aware of these caveats. It is important to take that step and have your custodian do that scrub, you know, ahead of time to make sure that you're not going to have any issues there at the 11th hour as you're making that transition. So with that, like I said, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, uh, and this is the type of thing I help advisors with. I, I want to help advisors understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. Uh, so, so today's conversation about, hey, how do mutual funds work with the custodian? That's, that's a perfect example that I, I have this dialogue with advisors and really want to educate you on everything you need to know so you can decide, hey, is this the best path for me? And then if so, how do I actually go about making that transition? And I'd be happy to help you with that as well. Uh, if you're not already there, jump on over to transitiontoria.com. Uh, I have plenty more videos. I have some white papers. Uh, and then the easiest, easiest thing to do is right at the top is a contact link. Uh, just click on that. You can, you can instantly and easily schedule a specific date and time that, that we can have a dialogue just like this. And I can begin to walk you through anything and everything you want to know about the RA model and, and specifically how your unique practice would look under the RIA umbrella and, and what that might mean for you and really help you to begin to kind of explore that as an option. I'd, I'd be more than happy to do that with you. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video and I'll see you on the next one.